Hey, what up, guys? It's me again. Welcome to the This Is My Moment podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Mitchell. And, you know, here at This Is My Moment, we love having a good time. We love meeting new people, and we love to smile. And, oh, yeah, we on season two, baby. Let's go get it. There ain't no stopping it. This is my moment. Uh, join the movement. We bringing people together, bringing positivity, making changes for the better. Cause it's all about- Today... I got somebody on the line with me that I think is going to be super interesting. I can't wait to get into it. I can't wait to hear a story, and I want to see what's shaking. Introduce yourself to the family. Hey, I am Mama Foxfire. My pronouns are she, her. I am a mental health advocate, full-time proposal manager, uh, and a variety gamer. And I've had a lot of ups and downs in life that led me to raising awareness uh, about mental health topics as an advocate. Dig that. So you you talked to me about Mama Foxfire. It's a gamer tag. What's your game? Oh, gosh. I've got a lot of games. So I play a little bit of, of this and a little bit of that. Right now, it's a lot of uh, a game called New World, an old game called RuneScape, <laughs> and uh, some Minion Masters, some Ark, Seven Days to Die. I play a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You play 2K? I do not, no. I am terrible with, that. like, with um uh sport any sports games i'm also terrible with yeah. first person shooters <laughs> so that's the only one i got so i can't name anything else besides 2k and madden so i'm fresh out i don't know nothing you you <laughs> cover those and i'll co- i'll cover the other ones <laughs> we win we win appreciate that there you go. <laughs> so let's, let's 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 get to it so i'm reading up on you and, and it says that you went through a lot of trauma right and that's what really caused you to get really into the mental health aspect. Before I talk about your mental health at that point, what kind of trauma did you get to? Or is that something that you want to talk about or can we get into that? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, it really depends on on which part of my life you're talking about. I um, lived through postpartum depression in 2013, 2014. I, yeah. uh, I experienced anxiety and depression. I've kind of been living with those since 2015. Um, and I also was in a, um, an emotionally abusive marriage for 10 years. And then in 2017, my grandfather, uh, went missing and that was a big family trauma kind of situation for us. So there's been a lot, um, (laughs) of different kinds of traumas, but I'm open to talking about whatever you want to talk about. Let's talk about PTSD. Cause I'm going to tell you why I suffer from PTSD. Mm -hmm. I suffer from anxiety and depression diagnosed Mm -hmm. and the funny thing is it looks different on everyone and some people that i come in contact with you couldn't tell i'm a Mm -hmm. i'm an extrovert i love talking i love talking but you know why because it's therapy to me Mm -hmm. it's therapy and a lot of people don't know that about me so family when y'all looking if you didn't know it i do suffer from it so i'm not talking about a subject that I'm not familiar with. I am very familiar with PTSD. So talk to me about your postpartum depression, man. Talk to me about that. And then talk to me about where you were mentally at that point. So anyone you want. Yeah. So um, I had one child in 2009 and then fast forward to 2013, I had another one. And with the one that I had in 2013, um, I wound up with postpartum depression, but I didn't know that's what it was. And so I, at that point, had a really good OBGYN and Mm -hmm. um, she just happened to ask the right questions. And she said, you know what, you're, I don't know if I can cuss on this. You are depressed as hell. So 
if you feel like you need some medication, we'll get you medication. We'll get you through this. It's a chemical thing. It happens to a lot of people, but at that time, nobody really talked about it. Like I, it was kind of a a shameful thing to have postpartum depression. Like I, it felt like a failure on my part, um, as a mother. And so I did go on medication for that. And then it helped within just a couple of weeks. And then, like I said, I have depression, anxiety, um, as well. And I started struggling with those in 2015, unrelated to the postpartum depression. And those have those medication have not been helpful with. So I manage those quite differently than I did with postpartum depression. You know, what's funny is, um, they gave me medication for anxiety and depression. Right. And when I, when I took them, it made me feel different, yeah. right? Like, like I can't say like walking in a fog, right? But I didn't feel upbeat. I didn't feel happy. Like I just, like I just was, right? Like it wasn't no rhyme or reason to it. It was just was. I wasn't, like I wasn't the best person. I wasn't the best husband. I wasn't the best father. I was just pretty much living just day to day, right? And one day, I stopped taking them. It was like, well, it was maybe like two or three days, but I, I just stopped taking because I didn't like the way I felt. But what I noticed is when I wasn't taking them, I had to replace it with something because I still had that anxiety. I still had that depression. I still had that feeling, but I had to replace it with something. So I replaced it with talking. I replaced it with actually owning how I felt, right? And then finding people that didn't judge me when I talked to them. Right. Like you just you listen and you wasn't trying to we, we call it putting your two cent in. Right. Like you wasn't trying to put your two cent in. You was just letting me talk my talk. And when I started doing that, I was like, you know what, man, I feel better. I feel a lot better. And then I realized that I had to have support. Right. So I changed the way that I approached my depression and anxiety. I figured out what I needed to be successful as Patrick. And then I surrounded myself with people like that. How did you control and change your mental aspect when you realized what you had? Yeah. So my, um, when I, like I said, it was not related to postpartum depression. It was related to a life event though. So um, I found out my husband at the time was having an affair. And so that's what kind of led to the depression and anxiety, um, which does tie into the CPTSD. So that's something that um, it kind of dovetails and like they interact in such a lovely concoction yeah. of, of mental illness. But um, for me, it was really mostly therapy. Um, we did a lot of exercises in therapy, like journaling, but um, mm-hmm. my, you know, my therapist was like, okay, you're the kind that's going to go back and read it. So you write, you're, <laughs> you write everything down, we're going to tear it out and then you're going to burn it. Like that's how you're going to process. You're going to get everything yeah. out onto paper. You're going yeah. to burn the paper so you can't read it again later. <laughs> and she was right. Like when I, when I finally found a good therapist, she was so good at like calling me out on my stuff. It was wonderful. Yeah. So um, we did a lot of those kinds of things. And, and for me, therapy is really what got me through. And then after my um, grandfather went missing, I, I kind of hit that depression wall again, where things weren't helping anymore. And that's yeah. when I really got back into gaming and gaming with my sister kind of became a little bit of a, a self-care boost that I needed to really kind of help get me through things um, in the evening. You know, I'm, I'm a very 
high functional, uh, depressed person. <laughs> so yeah, people at work, yeah, I mean, people can't tell from the outside. It's not like I have a broken arm in a cast. You yeah. can't tell that I am depressed completely and have a hard time getting out of bed because by the time I have to be up for my kids and for work, I'm yeah. I'm in the day and I'm like, well, now I have to move forward. <laughs> so it was one of those yeah. things at night, though, whenever you don't have the things to that, you have to move forward in your life. Um, for me, at least, that was a really hard time of the day. And so that's where gaming um, with my sister and with friends really started to help. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. Do you have do you have a strong support circle? I have a great support circle now. Um in 2015, I know we're bouncing around a lot, but in 20 in 2015, you know, at that point, I had been in my marriage for about five years, uh, well, about six years, and I was very isolated. Um, I was very isolated from everyone that and that was part of the emotional abuse was isolation. And so I really didn't have a support system. Like it was just me. And theoretically, my husband, who wasn't a, a support system at all, turns out, um, and in 2017, when my grandfather went missing, that's when I kind of started to get that support system back. And yeah. by the time I finally got divorced, I had rebuilt that support system. So now I'm very close with one of my sisters. Um, yeah. I have a great community um, around me in the gaming community and, and the streaming community and, and the podcast community. And then, um, my, you know, I'm very close to my parents again, and I've, I've got... Yeah. Some of my good friends back again. So now I have a great support system, but I didn't for a while, and it was really difficult. I can believe that. I can believe that, man. I like I. I'm gonna tell you a quick story, real quick. Yeah. When I I, I got my PTSD in, in Afghanistan, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, being in the military, they deploy you. They send you different places, or whatever. And they sent me to Afghanistan, and I was gone from June of '09 to January of '10. Right. I was gone. And at this time, it was real crazy down there. There's a lot of fighting. And I was a photographer. So I went out and I was going to these places. Right. And I got mentally messed up seeing we got shot at IEDs, all this stuff. Right. And I came back. And on January 1st, my roommate attempted suicide when I was in the room. Right. So I was real screwed up mentally. And come to find out, I was coming home i was supposed to come home on january the 5th my wife was supposed to deploy go go overseas on the 17th of january so i had two weeks with her before we would she would leave come to find out that the guy that was in charge of us he pushed us back so we wasn't going to arrive until the 12th but when he attempted suicide he got medevaced we missed our flight so I got home oh January 23rd, 2010. <gasps> my wife left January 17th, 2010. So for one year, I didn't see my wife. So I didn't have any support. So I came back with all these mental things, right? I still have my arms and legs, right? So I was blessed in that aspect. But up here, sometimes it's worse. Sometimes because I can't shed it off. I can't. And then, you know, what's funny about depression and anxiety is no rhyme or reason for me when it kicks in. Like, I don't for me, it wasn't a trigger like it wasn't. Hey, oh, no, it wasn't that like I could be sitting there. And next thing you know, I just go quiet. No rhyme or reason. Or I could be eating, talking to the kids. And next thing you know, I zone out. I used to have blackout spells. I would drive home and forget I was going home. 
Like it was literally that bad for me, right? And then coming back and not having that support, right? It made it 10 times worse. So then when she came back and we really talked about it, I had to find myself again because for this year and, and then for those months of not having anyone to talk to and, 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 and for me it was being a man, so I should have been able to fix my way through it, right? Not the case. I was in the worst shape of my entire life for that year, the worst shape of my entire life. And then when I realized that I needed people, that's when I started to recover. But you know what it all started with? It started with me changing my mindset. It started with me reaching out. At what point did you change your mindset to say, you know what? Enough is enough. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, first of all, I just want to say thank you for your service and your welcome. story. Your story is very touching. And I, I am glad that you have made it through the way that you have and you found something that worked for you. I think that that's really important. It's it's important to note that the same something that works for one person won't always work for another person. As far as when when I um, decided to kind of change my mindset, I would say it was when my grandfather went missing in 2017. I think that that was a an event in my life that made me stop and go, what the crap is going on here? And um, again, because that, that was a turning point for me to say, all right, I'm all of a sudden able to get back closer with my sister. I'm all of a sudden able to spend all this time with my family because work was great about like, you go, you take care of what you need to take care of. Um, And also because the the theories around his disappearance are either um, suicide or murder, like that's where I pulled that, that mental health component and said, look, if he had, if he hadn't been, because he was a retired fireman, and he had that very, like you're talking about, you got to be a man's man. You got to take care of everybody else. Um, yeah. You don't talk about things like mental health. If you're struggling, yeah. you just kind of get your way through it mm-hmm. behind the scenes. And so um, mm-hmm. if he had either sought help for himself or um, if whoever killed him, if he was murdered, and we don't know, we still don't know that to this day, um, had gotten help for whatever they were dealing with, yeah. uh, then he wouldn't have gone missing. And so that to me is what brought in like, okay, mental health really has this huge impact on everyone's lives. And mm-hmm. especially at that moment in my life, it had such a huge impact. So I, I would say that event in my life was probably the main turning point for me. Wow. Wow. That that's, that's crazy. Is, um, is your grandfather still missing? To th- yeah. Wow. So I'm, I'm, I'm first off, I'm sorry to hear that. And I wish you guys the, the best and I hope everything is is okay in, in the future. So from us to you guys, I wish you all the best. Thank you. Yeah, we cross our fingers every day for new news and new information. And we have, I mean, all of the yeah. law enforcement agencies that have been involved um, are have been good about communicating. Private investigators have been great about communicating. Um, they're still working. Like, it's, they're still actively working the case. So I, I am sure we'll eventually have answers yeah, there's yeah. no telling when that will be though. Yeah, wow, and that's six years, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Good luck, and I wish you all the best from the from the bottom Thank of you. my heart. So, it talked about like you you divorced and now you're a single parent of two, right? Right. Yeah. How was it? What What was your motivation? And I know I'm a parent. Kids can motivate you to do things and to become things and and to grow into yourself quicker than anything because at the end of the day, you have someone that's counting on you 
and depending on you. So it's mom and dad, we don't have time to sit there and sulk because you know what? They don't understand sulking. They understand that we ain't got nothing to eat. They understand that we ain't got the lights on. When you made that switch and you decided to leave and whatnot and you took them kids with you and it was just you, what was your motivation besides those kids? You know what I mean? Like looking at them besides that. What got you just like, you know what? I'm going to be the best person. I'm going to do it. What was that? Um, I mean, look, I do a lot of things out of spite. <laughs> so, yes, I do a lot of things for my kids. I And I, um, unfortunately, I did originally stay for the kids. And I do not encourage that. Your kids know when you're, when you're in a crappy relationship, it affects them as well. Um, but I, I, and yeah, a lot of it is just my kids get me through stuff because I have to be there for them. I am a single mom. I, I am the, the sole provider here. So, um, being their advocate in school, you know, my nine-year-old has Tourette syndrome. My 16 year old, uh, is transgender and has anxiety. And we live in Texas where people who are different are in real danger sometimes. And so, um, it's one of those things that I, spend a lot of my energy on them. But then the other part that motivates me is just spite. Like my ex did a lot of, of um, saying that I would never make it on my own and I would never make it financially and I would never make it uh, emotionally and I would never be able to to make it just in general, just never be able to make it those kinds of comments. And so at first, whenever um, we did, when we, when we separated, it was like, well, okay, now I'm just going to get through every day until we get divorced until that, that is finally done. Um, which took a long time because it was during COVID also, but, um, yeah, it was just one of those things. It was just like, well, I'm going to show him. And now, now I do it because I don't know how else to be like, how else do you be other than getting through every day and, and doing stuff for kids and all of it. (laughs) I'm in Texas too. I told you we're we're down in San Antonio Mm -hmm. and, um, you're right. Texas, Texas, we don't play fast sometimes. It's real rough down here, and you gotta have you gotta have thick skin to be a Texan, and uh, yeah. and that's what it is. But the fact that you took that on, right, and you and you warmed up, right. And I come from a I come from a single parent household. My mom, you know, I talk about it early in my in my speeches that my mom she worked two jobs, right, and it was me. Yeah. It was me, my brother, my sister. Me and my brother were four years apart. My brother and my sister were one year apart. So I was always that person that knew things were wrong, you know. And then when she left, it went from really good to, like, really bad. Like, we went from living in a nice neighborhood to living in the hood, right? And it was just one of those things to where she just did her best, right? And 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 even though as a kid my expectation management was zero. Like I just wanted what I wanted. I didn't know that she was struggling every night. Right. And I didn't know that she was making sure that we ate, even if she had to do it out for a while. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know all of those things, but then as I grew up, right. And I'm like, man, my mom was real tough. Right. And I may not agree with how she did business a lot of times as a kid, because I was still in a kid's place. Right. And I can, totally understand how rough it could have got if you would have stayed in that place if you if you was like you know what i'm gonna just suffer through it and i'll tell you what i am a firm believer and sometimes you can be happy by yourself you can truly be happy by yourself 
And and sometimes, man, that happiness is worth more than coming home to have somebody there or someone coming home to have you there. Now, we're not going to stay here. And I did this thing, right? I asked kids, which one to you is worse, emotional abuse or physical abuse? Right? True story. And a lot of people was like, oh, physical abuse, physical abuse, because you can see it. Right? And I'm going to tell you what. And I said, you know what? Everybody has their own opinion. True story. Patrick believes that mental abuse is more permanently damaging than physical abuse because you can't shed it off. I can get rid of a black eye. I'll put some ice on it, throw me a steak on it. Two, three weeks later, I'm good. But this here, it won't shut off. So, yeah, so congratulations for that, right? Did you have any techniques? Did you have any tips and tricks that you used on those days when you sat back there, right, and, and, and it was rough, right? And, and, and ends wasn't meeting maybe or, or, or things had snowballed negatively. What was your technique to be like, you know what, I can make it through. I'm resilient. I'm tough. I'm her. What'd you do? For me, a lot of it was like, I, like I talked about, my therapist was wonderful. So a lot of these things came from her, but um, journaling did help. And then if, if something really, if I had a really, I had a, this happened just recently, actually, I had a horrible day. It was like one thing after another, something broke. I tripped over something, something. I got a bad email from the school for one of my kids. Like it was just one thing. And then in the evening, um, I opened up the, the pantry to get out the pots and pans and they came tumbling out. And oh. I just, I put two middle fingers up to the, to the sky. I said a big, I, I screamed F you. And my, my kids were in the living room. So they heard me. And then I walked outside and I was just, I told my kids, I said, I need a minute. <laughs> and I went outside and I just stood there in the cold. It was, it was chilly. So I stood there in the cold air and I just cried. And my kids know that I cry. I've got tissues. There's a box of tissues right back there. There's probably four boxes of tissues in the living room. There's boxes of tissues everywhere. I cry a lot. But whenever I angry cry, it is really like cathartic to me. So yeah. it's just like, get everything out, get a little bit of a reset and you're going to be okay. Aside from that, um, I do a lot of reading also. That's something that helps me take my brain out of whatever I'm thinking. Because if you're like me, you you can do a thought spiral real easy and you, it's hard to escape that stuff in your mind. And so reading for me um, is something that it just helps me remove myself from that situation or whatever it is I'm thinking about and helps me calm myself down um, and, and stop thinking about that. And gaming is the same, same thing yeah. with gaming. It's just saying like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to just play this game and immerse myself in it. And then we're not going to think about what's happening in the real world right now. And that's yeah. healthy to a point, you know, there is the unhealthy side of like, okay, you're completely avoiding everything, but sometimes yeah. you just need an hour to say, Hey, I'm taking myself out of this situation. And then aside, aside from those, I would say that it's really, um, for me, something that helps whenever I'm feeling bad is to help others. And that's not for everyone. Some people can't help others whenever they need help themselves. Um, but for me, I could go on to a peer support forum and respond to some folks who are having, uh, you know, not a crisis, but something that they were struggling with and just say, hey, I see you. I hear you. I feel you. You're not alone kind of thing. And so a lot of um, what I did to help myself was do what I could to help other people. That's what's up. Give back. Yeah. Dig that. Dig that. So before we get into the last part of the show, I want to tell you, keep up the great work. 
Keep up Thank the great work. I'm gonna tell you, man. As a as a parent, as a as a depression, anxiety, PSD holder, I got the card. It's not easy, but I, you're yeah. doing it right, sister. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Keep up the good. And I I talked to a person today, and this young lady she told me she said, you know what? I don't bounce back. I catapult forward. And that's what I want there you. you that's what I want you to keep in mind. Don't worry about bouncing back. Worry about being better. And keep Absolutely. it up, keep it up, man. And I, I'm, I'm extremely impressed and I'm extremely proud to have you on the show. Thank you for that. Now, since we are at the end of the show, I like to play this game. And this game, I started last season. And you don't have the answers because you don't know the questions because she didn't send right. you these. <laughs> I call the game Pick One. You got two options. You can only pick one. You ready? I'm ready. One game, everything else goes in the garbage. What are you keeping? Oh, it's got to be RuneScape. It's the game I've played since the early 2000s. <laughs> so everything else is trash. You keeping that? Yep. Got to be that. Okay. Okay. You have one sentence to tell somebody going through the same thing that you're going. One sentence. What do you tell them? Find your tribe. Find your tribe. Put people around you. That's it. Yep. Last one. I give you the phrase, this is my moment. What's the first thing that comes to mind? This is my moment. I mean, for me, like that's my kids. It's just every, every time they do something that shows that they are growing emotionally, mentally, socially, uh, those are, that's my moment where I'm like, yes, what I'm doing makes a difference. And that, that's what matters to me. That's it. Mama Foxfire, we are done. All right. Well, thank you so much. Don't leave. I'm going to close the show, then I'm going to come back to you. Don't just leave me. Hey, don't hang up. Don't hang up yet. Hey, guys. Mama Foxfire, she said, sometimes you just need to take yourself out of the place. Give yourself some time to recover and recuperate, and then go back in it. Don't be afraid to separate yourself from your situation for a little bit. Don't get immersed in it. Come back to it. Aggress it. Grab it. And keep it pushing. And at the end of the day, go get it! Join the movement, we bringing people together Bringing positivity, making changes for the better Cause it's all about growth, all about success We wanna see you rise, wanna see you at your best